When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Crack the Customer Code, where your hosts, Jeannie and Adam, unlock the secrets to keeping your customers happy and coming back for more. Jeannie, have you made any experiences today? Today? Well, I'm making this experience with you, Adam. Oh, are we co-creating an experience? <laughs> we are co-creating and crowdsourcing at the same time. <laughs> crowdsourcing, okay. <laughs> well, we are both experience makers then, which has a special relevance to our guest and our discussion today. Yeah, we're really excited about this conversation we had with Dan Gingas, whose most recent book, The Experience Maker, is all about that. It's all about the fact that all of us are bringing the customer lens to the table in order to create better experiences in business. Um, and, you know, fun fact about Dan, he was on the show in May 2017. He and has now, come back to make another experience for us. That's right. So that's pretty cool. We've had another repeat guest, and that just goes to show you how long we've been doing this. <laughs> because <laughs> it's been forever. No, and you know what I like about this conversation because yeah, it's fun to say, okay, we're all experience makers, but you've got to go deeper than that. Like, okay, how and mm -hmm. what do we do and why do we do it and to what end and mm -hmm. using what strategies. And so I like Dan's framework because, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about differentiation through customer experience and, you know, how important experience is, particularly in so many, where in so many industries, you know, product and uh, price are becoming poor differentiators. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I, I like Dan's wiser framework and just the uh, the approach to that idea of differentiation. Uh, he, he dropped some really good insights into that. Yeah, I think so too. So I think we should get right to it. Let me tell you about our guest, Dan Gingis. He is an international keynote speaker and coach who believes that a remarkable customer experience is your best sales and marketing strategy. His 20-year professional career included leadership positions at McDonald's, Discover, and Humana. Dan is the author of two books, The Experience Maker and Winning at Social Customer Care, and is the host of two shows, The Experience Experience this podcast and the Experience Maker LinkedIn Live show. Dan, welcome back to Crack the Customer Code. We are so happy to have you here. Uh, Jeannie, Adam, I am super excited to be back and congrats on all the success of the show. And it's a pleasure to be here. Dan, I wonder about this. Uh, We've been making experiences for a while, uh, all three of us. We've been advising <laughs> uh, companies and other people how to make experiences. But 
I don't think I really know what it means to be an experience maker. So what do you mean by that term? That's a term that's associated uh, you know, with your thinking now. And um, what, what can it do for us? Well, first of all, Adam, I want you to stop what you're doing, take off your headphones, go walk into the mirror, <laughs> and you'll be staring at an experience maker. So, Excellent. Uh, an experience maker, especially within uh, the corporate setting, is really anybody who is always wearing the customer hat and always looking at business problems and their solutions through the lens of the customer. And I came up with the term really because I was given that sort of compliment when I was at Discover Card. In my last role there, I was recruited by the chief digital officer to a head of digital customer experience role. And I asked the guy, uh, hey, why are you asking me to do this role? I don't have any background in this whatsoever. And he said, because I've watched you in business meetings and you always have the customer hat on and I think we need that in digital. So he taught me something about myself that I didn't even know. And I realized instantly that he was right. That is how I think. And so I try to teach other people to do that as well. I'm a believer that almost any business problem can be solved uh, with both the customer and the bottom line winning. Yes. Amen. Preach. Uh, <laughs> Preach it. I, I know that you guys are the choir here. so <laughs> That's right. That's right. You'll get an hallelujah. Uh, so, so you have something that you you know, put a framework around called the wiser model. And I was hoping you would kind of walk us through that today. Sure. So I want to make people feel like they are wiser than the competition, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, companies can't compete on price anymore because it's a loser's game. It's a race to the bottom. Mm -hmm. They can't compete on product or service usually because almost everything is copyable. And I always point to one of the most innovative companies of our generation, Uber, and that completely changed the taxi industry. And now I dare you to get into a car and tell me if your eyes were closed, whether it's an Uber or a Lyft. You can't mm -hmm. tell the difference anymore. In fact, many of the cars are both Uber and Lyft. Mm -hmm. yep. So there's very little differentiation in experience anymore, or in product, excuse me, anymore. And so if you can't compete on price and you can't compete on product, experience is what's left. And so to be wiser, wiser stands for witty, immersive, shareable, extraordinary and responsive. And these are five facets that I have found will lead to creating the types of experiences that people want to talk about. And the, the book is called The Experience Maker, but the subtitle is How to Create Remarkable Experiences That Your Customers Can't Wait to Share. And the reason I use those words is because my 20 years in corporate America was almost entirely in marketing until I took that digital customer experience role. And so I look at CX and marketing as sort of an intersection. And I know you guys are seeing this too. The, the CMO is starting to take over a lot of customer yeah. service and customer experience. So it's get, they're getting closer and closer together. Well, as a marketer, the holy grail is word of mouth marketing. That's what everybody is trying to achieve. And you can either go the route of trying to create a viral video and finding that secret combination, <laughs> or you can create amazing experiences that, and have your customers do it for you uh, by sharing their experiences. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's, it's not okay to just say, hey, make us a viral video. <laughs> uh, I, trust me, I was asked that multiple times in my career, and I'm like, yeah, if I could do that, I wouldn't be working here. Yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. Uh, so one of the questions I have following up on that model, um, you know, I think a lot of us want to be uh, witty and immersive or want our brands to be, I should even say, um, and shareable. How do you do that if you have a product that's not sort of naturally exciting? Uh, that's yeah, a, great. That's a, that's a little more basic. Great question, Adam. And let me define what I mean by witty, because witty is not about being hysterical. It's not about comedy. And we know, and certainly marketers know, that humor can be dangerous, right? Something I find funny, someone else may find offensive and vice versa. So we got to be careful with humor. But wittiness is about being clever. It's about using language to our advantage. And it's about refusing to be boring. And that really plays to the last part of what you said, Adam, is there is no law that any company has to be boring. They just happen to be, right? I talked <laughs> right. to an entire room full of lawyers and I use that line, there is no law that you have to be boring. I get it, lawyers. <laughs> and, you know, they all laugh, but, but it's true, right? I mean, you think about law firms and you think boring, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be. And uh, I'll give you a great example of this. There is a dental office, uh, actually it's a series of offices. Again, think about a boring industry, right? Sorry if any dentists are, are listening, <laughs> but there's a dental office that is called Mint Dentistry. And if you go to mintdentistry.com, you're going to see this gorgeous picture of, of these impeccably dressed, beautiful people that are dentists. And it said, and the headline says, we make sexy teeth. <laughs> and it's like, wow, I want to go to the dentist now. And I've never said that before, right? So why does dentistry have to be boring? It doesn't. There's no rule. And so the, you know, companies have been able to break out of that. And that's about, that's witty. Another quick example, there's a restaurant in Chicago. I know you know it, um, Jeannie, called um, uh, Sushi-san. It's a lettuce entertain you restaurant. Yeah. And yeah. instead of those international, everybody's got them, um, male-female stick figures to tell you where the bathroom is. Sushi-san has a lit-up sign that has a poop emoji on it. <laughs> and it's awesome, right? Because everybody knows what that means. They don't have to even use the word bathroom. Like, it's an okay. international sign. People get it. But that's being witty. And so it's not that the rest of the experience at Sushi-san is particularly funny. It's just that there's a refreshing element to it. And, mm -hmm. and that's to me, the witty part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really. Right, well, that's the first time I've ever heard poop referred to as uh, refreshing. But we're, 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 we're... <laughs> I, I'm wondering in 478 episodes, have you had anyone come on and talk about poop? <laughs> I, I, I'm still trying to figure first. out how they how they gender the emoji for the for the different bathrooms. But <laughs> let's not go there. Oh, uh, that's awesome. That I was sitting here thinking, is that where he's going with this? And then you did. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, it's memorable and I'm still it talking is. about it. And that's exactly it, the point. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly so, right. And by the way, I know you guys work with a ton of B2Bs. B2Bs can do this too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, think about, there was uh, one company I mentioned in my book where they've got a very typical homepage where you scroll and scroll and scroll and things are popping in the left and right. And it's interesting, what have you. By the time you get to the bottom, it feels like you've been scrolling an hour and a half. It literally says, well, now that you're done scrolling, maybe it's time to do some clicking. Like, great. <laughs> you know, and so great. Somebody's got, there's a human at this company and somebody's got a little bit of a sense of humor. And this mm -hmm. was a B2B software company. So mm -hmm. anyone can do it. That's excellent. I love, I love examples like that because it shows that somebody thought about it just a little bit more, right? Like just a smidge. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that we're being asked about about a lot, and I know we've all been thinking about this because we we have to, <laughs> is, you know, this whole pandemic that we're still experiencing and 
how that changed things. And I think we witnessed so much change in customer experience because things were just, they had to be tackled differently. We just couldn't rely on what was always done. So I'm just curious, what what are some of the observations you have about some of the changes that we've witnessed in customer experience? What do you think is still happening, partially because of the pandemic or just because of kind of how how we're evolving right now, how we how expectations are changing? What do you think about that? Well, definitely it's been good to be in the CX business because <laughs> uh, the pandemic, for better yeah. or for worse, has really shined a bright light on CX as customers very quickly figured out which companies were there for them when the chips were down mm-hmm. and which companies weren't. And, uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on where you were on that ledger, customers made decisions pretty quickly. And I think they've realized, as we all need to realize, that in almost any industry, switching costs are just really low. It's just not hard for me to find another dentist or auto mechanic or restaurant or retailer. And so that's the stakes. I'd say the first thing that I noticed, and again, this is my corporate hat, is that business continuity plans were thrown out the window in about a week. And I remember sitting in those meetings and I'm telling you, people just laughed around the table. They're like, what do you mean we're planning for a pandemic? What the heck is that? That's never going to happen. And so these meetings were just check the box meetings. We did them because the compliance teams told us we had to do them. And okay, then we had a business continuity plan. But then all of a sudden when the whole business is shut down and mm-hmm. you know we can't access our product and our employees are stuck at home and all this stuff, the, the business continuity plan didn't help us at all. So I do believe that companies are going to be better prepared for whatever is next. I think much as we saw compliance become a a really sought after career path a few years ago, I Mm -hmm. think we're going to see BCP, business continuity planning, as a very sought after skill. So if you have it, I think you're going to polish, you should polish up the resume. I think you're going to be looking for a raise. Um, (laughs) That's one thing. And then I, I think another thing that has really stuck out to me is uh, this concept of safety and safety both in the physical sense and in the digital sense. Mm -hmm. And I think people are just more aware of their feelings about safety than they've ever been. And, And I don't just mean about being afraid of catching a virus. I also mean any sort of physical safety, a slip and fall, um, you know, uh, active shooter, all these things that you sort of worry about in terms of your physical safety. I mean, heck, we've all, we were all afraid to walk into stores for a long time, right? I mean, <laughs> think about how much that changed people. It used to be that a person that was afraid of germs was like, we looked at them weird. We're like, oh, there's a germaphobe. Now everyone's afraid of germs. <laughs> so, you know, we got to be aware of that as we build our experiences going forward. And, and digital's the same thing, right? I mean, you know, all of these breaches and privacy and credit card hacks and all these things, people are worried about it. And I think the companies that really understand that and make their customers feel safe and their employees feel safe are going to be the ones that are really succeeding into the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that there is such an awareness around kind of health overall and safety. And by health overall, I mean, we're having these conversations about mental health and emotional health that we've never had before as a kind of society. Um, and so I'm just curious, like, what what would you say to those companies who are, they want to make sure people feel safe, they want to get that out there? What what do you recommend there for creating that in, as part of the experience? Well, I want to give you an example that happened really early on in the pandemic. I'm sure you guys had a similar experience. You're 
email inbox filled up you, you were you were recalling yeah. the days of the privacy changes in Europe and when we got you know we got all those privacy emails now all of a sudden we're getting emails from every company that's ever had our email address and what are they saying everyone is saying the same thing we've enhanced our cleaning procedures never improved never bettered it was always enhanced <laughs> our, compl- our our cleaning procedures and if you need to know any more here's the CDC's website at least in the United mm-hmm. States right so every company felt like they had to check a box. And of course, these emails didn't have any desired effect because we got so many of them. Well, I got an email from Charles Schwab, and I've been a customer of Charles Schwab since 1996. And the Charles Schwab email did not mention the CDC, and it did not mention anything about cleaning. But what it did say is, we know you must be worried about a volatile stock market, and we have a bunch of tools to help you through this tumultuous time. And I was like, wow, they, mm-hmm. like they know me. You're right. I'm, of course, I'm worried about a volatile <laughs> stock market. And, and Schwab is just the person or just the company I would turn to for help with that. And they were there. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a brilliant response. And it, it, it goes to safety, right? I mean, financial safety in this particular case. But it, I, I think they played it so well. And they, just like anything else, you can either be the same, mm-hmm. in which case you'll never differentiate, or you can refuse to be boring and you can you can intentionally be different. And mm-hmm. I think Schwab did a really nice job of that. I, I really like that example because the other thing that uh, that does is it helps the customer feel more in control, right? And empowered to actually do something with the information instead of just like, great, thanks for the email that I can't react to and <laughs> can yeah. do nothing with, right? So I, I think that's a great example of how to really educate and empower your customers and not just dump information on them. Absolutely. And it was very brand right too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, an example that I like to contrast that to is something that Starbucks did during the pandemic. And actually they didn't make a big deal about this. I think, I think a bigger deal should have been made. They sent an email to all of their loyalty members that, that earned stars and they offered them free downloadable backgrounds for their Zoom calls that made it look like they were sitting in a Starbucks. <laughs> and they even had some video ones where, you know, they've got the nitro coffee that like bubbles. Like, uh-huh. And there was one where there was one where there's a nitro coffee sitting on your desk and it's bubbling. And I just thought this was so perfect because that was something that Starbucks customers were missing, mm-hmm. that they, they couldn't go in and sit down and be in that third place that Howard Schultz talked about. And so Starbucks said, well, what can we do about this? How can we recreate the third place? And it was brilliant. Now, if you turn it around and you, and you have Schwab sending me backgrounds and <laughs> Starbucks giving me stock advice, it doesn't match, right? right? But those were both very brand right things to do. And that's why I loved both of them. Mm-hmm. Great examples. No, absolutely. And I think both of them, what's key to me when I look at this is both of them sat and thought about what are our customers feeling and what are our customers worried about right now, right? They didn't just sort of follow some script, as you pointed out, and just, okay, we're cleaning stuff, yay. Um, You know, they really thought about exactly what the customers and led from a place of empathy. And I think, um, how would you say empathy can or cannot be, you know, one of the things that differentiates? Well, look, Adam, if 
companies couldn't be empathetic during the pandemic. I don't hold out a whole lot of hope, right? It's a one time in our entire existence that everybody was going through the same thing at the same time. So we did not have an excuse to not know what our customers were going through. We were going through the same things with our families and our homes, right? So you're right that the companies that really did right by customers during the pandemic understood and were empathetic to what they were going through. And one of the other results that we're going to see is some of the innovation that came out of that is going to stay. And the thing I always look to is I happen to be one of those nerdy guys that actually really likes grocery shopping. But during the pandemic, I started realizing that I could save two hours every weekend by doing curbside pickup. You can bet. <laughs> I don't. I want those two hours back, right? I'm not going back to shopping if I can help it. So things like order ahead and pick up and curbside pickup, I think are going to stay around because they're better experiences. Mm-hmm. So that was a nice thing to see as well as we definitely saw some, a lot of creativity and innovation from different companies, whether it was manufacturing different products than they normally did. We heard about alcohol companies making hand sanitizer and all that sort of stuff. Um, or just innovating around how to get their product into people's hands. And that's what grocery stores had to do and and restaurants had to do. Um, Takeout was never more um, successful and interesting than during the pandemic because uh, restaurants figured out how to keep hot food hot and cold food cold and they figured out how to you know give you even your even their fanciest desserts and it doesn't show up as soup when you get home <laughs> you know so they're, they're better at it now and I think going forward they'll have people that will continue to take out just because that's the experience that they're looking for and I yeah. just read and forgive me because it's your uh, your old competitor I just read uh, uh, read that uh, Wendy's is changing uh, how they do their fries so it'll carry better Hmm. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's it's like, great. Yeah, and I mean, I, people they, are just innovating product and everything. Yes, they actually, I think in that same announcement said that they, of course, I don't know whose study it was. It was probably Wendy's study. <laughs> uh, yeah. But they said that their fries uh, are preferred two to one over McDonald's. So Ooh. Um, I didn't hey, go there. You did. That's okay. That's all right. I'm, I'm a big Wendy's fan. I think they're, uh, I think the funniest thing about their brand, and of course, they're known as a, as a humorous brand, mm-hmm. is that they're still using the logo with the little pigtailed girl, right. Right? It's like the logo does not match their brand voice especially, anymore. Right. Especially at social. Yeah, that's right. very true. That's very true. Um, okay, this is so interesting. And I think the three of us could sit around and talk about all of these things for a very long time. When, when you are looking ahead, Dan, one of the things we're asking every guest this season is when you think about the future of customer experience, what is... What is one thing you are most excited about? I think the thing I'm most excited about is that it's ever-changing. And if you don't like continuous change and innovation, this is not the right spot for you. <laughs> you know, And um, I, I don't... And I want to tell companies that, look, I, I'm a believer that you know, customer experience doesn't have to be this gigantic, multi-year, multi-million dollar transformational change. And, and when you read my book, you'll see I'm much more about doing a lot of little things right and that mm-hmm. those things add up. But also, companies have to understand that there is no destination in customer experience. It is all about the journey, literally and figuratively. Yeah. And as customers continue to change uh, their expectations, their preferences, their likes and dislikes, CX is going to have to change with it. And so I feel like 
this is the most exciting space to be right now because of that. That there mm-hmm. is, if there were a single answer, the three of us would be unemployed <laughs> because everybody would do it and we'd be done. Uh, so yeah. that to me is what what excites me about it. Very good. Very cool. Well, this was so great. Thanks so much for being a part of this. Congratulations on the book, The Experience Maker. We're really excited about that. And if people want to find out more about you, the book, or anything you do, where can they find that out? Well, thank you. And you can reach me at dangingus.com. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn at either D Gingus or Dan Gingus. Um, luckily I have a last name where if you look me up, you're going to find me. And if you ever see another Gingus, they're related to me somehow. So, uh, <laughs> it should be pretty easy to find. Thanks so much, Dan. All right. Thank you guys. Great to talk to you again. Oh, thanks, Dan. It was awesome. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel wiser. What, what do you think? Oh, Janie, Janie, Janie. <laughs> I'll show myself out. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're here all week? Tell me it's not true, please. Yeah, Yeah, I really appreciate that that perspective because, and, you know, going back to, you know, defining what that experience maker is, I think anybody who has that lens, that radar up for like, what is this really about for the customer? How do we always wear that hat, as Dan said? to make sure that we're always providing experiences that will live up to what our customers need and expect from us and innovate around that constantly because Lord knows the world is changing at a pretty quick clip. <laughs> right. And how, and how can we actually you know, use techniques like being witty with, within the context of you know, the discussion we had mm-hmm. or um, you know, being immersive? How, how, do you, how do you use these things? to create an experience when you may have a product that is, you know, not the sexiest product on earth. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you make up for that with experience and how do you, um, you know, not only cr- create those dialogues, so to speak, but also cr- create that memorability. And, you know, I think that when people are talking about customer experience, a lot of it is about those big, huge things. And I like how we talked about breaking it down into these you know, doing a lot of things well, a lot of little things well. So, you know, I'm so grateful that we have so many experience makers among us, including our listeners. Right, Adam? Of course. They are making experiences every day. And hopefully uh, some of what you're getting for this podcast is helping you do it better. But we really do appreciate you being here with us, as always. And we hope you feel wiser for it. I couldn't help myself. Oh my gosh. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. We so appreciate you being here with us and doing what you do. I'm Jeannie Walters. You can find me at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Deporek, and you can find me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.